What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the crease dive. Today is Monday, June 3rd, and week one of the inaugural Premier Lacrosse League season has just wrapped up. Um, I got a that was pretty impressive. I thought for sure I was going to fuck up the word inaugural, uh, but just nailed it twice in a row right there. But week one in the books at Gillette Stadium, three games on the weekend, three beauties. Jake, how are you feeling after that that first weekend of the PLL season? Well, in your words, uh, the boys were absolutely buzzing this weekend. Those were some nutty games. Super I, overall, dude, I was super satisfied with everything. Like, you know, the shot clock, the location, um, super. You know, I thought that the, the the players being mic'd up might be a little weird, but like, no, they played that awesome. Um, they chose like the really good players, you know, like really solid players to to mic up. Um, and even, I mean, we got to see, you know, two overtime games and a and a, and a nice and a nice game in the Redwoods game. So like. <laughs> Can't complain, dude. Yeah, for for the first ever weekend for a professional league, I thought that there were uh, like minimal things that that the league now needs to like build on from there. Like, I think a lot of it was like they hit it out of the park. Um, so you know, we're gonna get into all of that coming up, uh, but a little bit later, probably at like the end of this episode, we'll we'll put it in there. But we will have Will Manny coming on the pod. You might have heard of him. Stuck the first OT dagger in PLL history. Not a big deal. Playing with the Archers LC. So we'll get his thoughts on the first week of the PLL season. Uh, but yeah, like you said, nutty games all around. And that first that first Saturday, you couldn't have scripted it any better. Um, so that was something that we were, in the last episode, we were a little bit nervous about. Uh, you know, we were, we were thinking, uh, hey, you know what what happens when these games go to overtime there's nothing in the rules that say that there's an additional overtime period it just says that there will be one 12 minute overtime period no timeouts for either team uh so we were you know we thought hey like these are some of the best lacrosse players in the world they'll probably end up scoring within 12 minutes but the the door was still open for that to not be a possibility and for these games to end in a tie Two games go into overtime on Saturday, and both of them were done pretty much right away. Uh, so the Archers coming out with a 13-12 overtime win over the Chrome in the first ever game in league history, and then following that up was the Whip Snakes, the Whip Snakes taking down the Chaos 15-14 in overtime. So, uh, you know, how how did you feel about? Were you a little bit nervous heading into those overtimes that? that we were going to speak some ties into existence? Uh, <laughs> I actually was in one of the games that was like four minutes off the clock. You know, they went back and forth. I I, I want to say it was. It would have been uh, that, that Archer's Chrome. I, I want to say it was, the, yeah, the Archer's game where they went back and forth three, you know, three, four, five, six times up and down the field about shaved about four minutes off the clock. And I was like, oh, th- I'm. I hate being right all the time. And then of course, Will Manny, Will Manny just absolutely dunked it. But um, I mean, the pace of the game, I, th- I think that the, the first thing that initially stood out to me in those games was that the the pace of the game was exactly what they promised. You know, they, um, you know, through and, and Rabel, I'm sure will tell us like, 
They did extensive research through all of the through all of you know current past um, players and you know that fifty two seconds. Like there was one, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. In the first two games, there was one shot clock violation. In the second game, I think that that was it, and maybe maybe one in the first game. But like that's pretty damn solid for how many times they went up and down the field in possessions. Yeah. Yeah, I counted like maybe like one or two times where it was like like the shot clock was getting pretty low and there was like a, you know, kind of just like a throwaway shot in there. Um, but in terms of like actual shot clock violations, yeah, like minimal. I mean, and the, like you said, this is exactly what the league intended to do. This is exactly what the league was was built for, was just to have the best lacrosse players in the world play at a, a super high pace that's built for tv you know again we we've talked about this before like it's it's the summer right now all right like you 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 got some uh, time at the beach uh yesterday right this is a an audio podcast so people can't see the video right now but you got a nice tan going you look exactly healthy nice healthy glow um you know obviously throwing on a little bit of spf we want to protect our skin but you know there there are things that are going to draw people away from lacrosse games in the summer on weekends right people just have things that they want to be able to do so if you put them you know if you give them a tv to watch and you're it's just this like slow holding the ball um you know not up and down not a ton of action they're gonna be like ah fuck this like i'm gonna go out to the beach right now but if you give them something that's just constantly back and forth like just real you know, not it's chaotic lacrosse, but it's chaotic in like a good way. It's not chaotic like a, you know, like a fifth graders game where the ball is just like on the ground all the time going back and forth. It's like, no, these are the best players in the world. They're buzzing all over the field. And I, I mean, we got like the perfect example of that with the first goal in the league history being scored just 11 seconds into the first game. Stephen Kelly, shout out to Bones, little Fogo love there getting uh getting things going so that'll be a nice little trivia answer at, at some point in history oh for sure you, you might actually catch that on jeopardy this week with that fucking weirdo who's been just absolutely murdering the the jeopardy circuit mm, um, he lost today spoiler alert oh fuck well thank you for spoiling that for me <laughs> i was looking forward to not reading about it and seeing it on twitter somehow um but i mean it, no it was everything it was promised like for example um there were 90 shots total in the whip snakes chaos game so, I mean, in 48 minutes, uh, 90 shots, that's, you know, once every every 30 seconds, which is, that's, it's nutty. It's chaotic. I mean, for, for lack of a better word, it's it's chaos. But, I mean, I thought, you know, the other thing was like, we're going into this, and I'm sure that other fans shared the same concern, was like, okay, are these teams going to be evenly matched? You know, is one team going to come out of this just and absolutely smoke everybody? Or is it going to be battle? Are we going to see battles every single week? And I think what they've done with kind of, hey, pulling, you know, the you know the Atlas has a lot of the Hopkins flavor. Redwoods has a lot of the Notre Dame flavor. But, you know, it's generational. You know, like you got my man, Joey Walters, who's been playing a very long time. All right. Playing with some young guns who are who played at, also played at Maryland and, you know, two, three years ago. So like they have this like generational flavor, which brings them a lot of talent and they're extremely evenly matched. Like the first two games, it was back and forth. And I mean, there was not anybody who was absolutely just blowing anybody. And I like that. I like that a lot. I think that was, you know, 
again, all praises go to the PLL for that. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think these teams in terms of talent, definitely, uh, definitely they're all pretty evenly matched. It'll be interesting to see like how the playing styles start to, you know, m make a, a big difference here. Um, you know, especially, at, you know, as the season keeps going, um, you know, a team like, like Redwoods, they, they seem like a team that's just going to be, uh, you know, real difficult to like score on in transition. Um, you know, I, th I think that, you know, they're a team that's not going to make a lot of, uh, you know, ill-advised mistakes. Um, and then the team, you know, I just, just watching the way that, uh, you know, chaos play, like they're, they're, they're coming at you from so many different ways. Um, you know, whether it's miles Jones, just bullying people, just bulldozing people down. Um, glad we got to see a few of those. Uh, and then, you know, then, then you also got guys like, like Deemer class and Connor fields who can kind of dice you up a little. So I think that the playing styles of these teams, like you'll start to see which one fits better for this league. Um, but I, I would imagine that these are all going to be pretty close games. We're probably not going to have many shit pumpings throughout the season, unless like some team just runs into some bad injury trouble. Yeah, I just I just don't see it. Um, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed the evenness of the face offs too. Um, you know, seeing Greg Beast and, and Trevor Baptiste go at it was pretty was pretty excellent. You know, two of the two of the probably most respected uh, face-off guys in, in the world, um, just absolutely just battling for it. And you could see like these, and you know, you, you can see the passion that these guys have for the game too. Like, you know, uh, obviously it's pay-per-view. So I got to hear the word fuck like every 10 seconds, which was fantastic. Like Will Manny was out there just let's fucking go. Let's get like, he was getting the boys pumped, you know, uh, playing, playing on the big stage. And that's, that, that was really cool. I, 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 I like that. Um, you know what? Let's oh, actually talk about that a little bit because like, obviously the on-field product, like that's something that I think we all knew was going to be knocked out of the park. Like you just look at the guys that are on these rosters, you knew it was going to be a great on-field product. The broadcast, I think that the broadcast was again, obviously on-field product. That was like the best part of the, the weekend. But in terms of things that was like, fuck yeah, they, they drilled this one. I thought that the broadcast for all three games was great. Um, you know, having these guys mic'd up during the game, I, I thought is, you know, a, a really, uh, you know, a cool look like inside the game. Um, I, I know like a lot of people felt a little bit weird about the, uh, the interviews. Like, so like there was a time like Will Manny scored a goal and then they immediately went to him for an interview, like as he's still in the field, I think that that's like pretty cool. I think that they probably went to that a little too often this week. So I feel like, you know, they'll probably go into their production meeting or whatever the hell they have. And they're like, Hey, like, let's, you know, dial that one back a little bit. Um, just because most of those guys, like they're asking them questions and guys are like trying to catch their breath. They can barely even like think cause they're just so gassed running up and down the field six times because they don't have enough time to sub off because the shot clock is so uh, quick. But, you know, so I, I think, you know, maybe, maybe the on field, on field interviews, like still keep those, but like dial it back a little bit. But in terms of like the angles of, of, you know, the, the cameras, um, you know, having some of those guys mic'd up, being able to get inside there for the huddles. I thought that all that stuff was just, they, they killed that. I thought it was too. Um, you know, I had a lot of my, uh, a lot of my friends ask me, you know, what, what I thought about the, the PLL game and a lot of the feedback I got from them, 
you know, since I'm, you know, very important in the world of sports media now. Um, a lot of feedback I got from them is they were they were put off by a lot of the camera angles. They felt like they a lot of people told me that they felt like the camera angles changed too much um, during the game. And I mean, I didn't feel like that. I felt like it was pretty pretty standard. Um, but but they did try to go to like a sky cam uh, a few times. That was a bit strange. Um, like not in a face-off setting. Um, I, I mean, other than that, I thought, I mean, you, you, you absolutely nailed it. I think they, they drilled the on-field, the on-field product. Um, you know, uh, their Instagram, you know, feed was just filled the entire day. Um, like if you have to scroll back like two or three big scrolls to get to like the weekend. So like, you know, they were absolutely killing social media. Um, all this, you know, the, all this, all the social media for the for the individual teams was was on point too. Dude, they were having um, highlight edits out like yeah within minutes of goals being scored, which was pretty wild. Um, and then yeah, like in terms of like the the camera angles, like sweat, like you know, again, I I feel like this is something that I I feel like a lot of people didn't necessarily take into consideration this weekend is that this was the first weekend ever for this yeah like 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 it was people are are at this point like just like nitpicking things that were wrong with the broadcast when again like this was like the first one ever you know so like if if you can only nitpick things that you would maybe tweak like that means you did a a damn good job for the first time through um you know, a, a, a lot of these things you'd expect like, hey, like we're probably going to need to make some like real major changes. This is just, you know, pretty much treat this one as like a test run. It's like, no, like, hey, like we we got a, a real good thing going here. Um, you know, we tested a few things out. Maybe we'll we'll switch a few things around. Um, you know, I, I thought, uh, you know, I, I, I like the Skycam a lot for the replays. So I, I can understand like if you're if you're new to the sport and you're watching it like in like as the game's actually going on, you might be a little thrown off by that sky cam just because the angle's so weird. But when you get that for the replay and like you see the lanes that some of these guys are seeing, like that you don't get from like the typical like camera that's up in the press box, like that angle. Like and and you get to see all those lanes, you get to see some guys moving around with that sky cam. Like I think that that shit right there is like because like these guys are making these ridiculous decisions in like a ridiculous amount of time, and like that's that right there is like the angle that you get to be like, oh shit! Like I can't believe that he saw that, and then boom, it's in the back of the net. So um, yeah, I I think I think that there at this point there are just tweaks to be made there aren't any actual changes uh tweaks a couple people out there were were a little ass hurt about the cursing being in the uh uh, in in the broadcast nerds yeah it's out of here man like dude it's 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 like how no one's ever died because someone said a curse word like (laughs) like did, did you like fall over and break your arm because someone cussed like no like it, it it's their words like literally human beings in who all the english speaking human beings someone was like hey i have a word right here it, it what i'm saying right now they're just sounds that are coming out of my mouth that like if it wasn't for society would mean absolutely nothing but we have just now constructed this society that says hey what you just said right there is a bad thing they're just sounds leaving your mouth so if, if you're offended by that, um, take a, take a hike. I mean, 
just turn the volume down. Like who yeah. fucking cares? You know, uh, I don't, I, I can't imagine these are a bunch of grown men uh, playing of a, a fast paced, vicious sport. Um, they are not there to cater to your feelings. All right. <laughs> they don't, they don't care. They're out there playing whatever they're out there doing, whatever they want to do. And you're, you're watching at home, you know, like maybe don't watch with your five-year-old son. Um, or maybe you know, do your five-year-old or maybe, son or maybe do, or like, maybe do like, like my, like I have, I have little cousins, their first word was all fuck. So yeah. like it, it, it's not exactly what you said. Like nobody's died because of, a, because of a curse word, you know, have you heard high school kids talk? It's like the most disgusting, weird thing, like in the entire world, they talk about the dumbest shit and we just let that slide. So why do you have to hold these, uh, you know, like, why do you have to hold these dudes to a different standard? You know, still I, you know, I, the boys, I, the boys will be boys, right? The boys will be boys. I, I equate it to like the same way that like, like, like the, the cool parents handle uh, high schoolers drinking alcohol. It's like, Hey, oh, for sure. you know, if, if you're going to drink beer, I'd rather you do it at the house. You know, I'd rather you do it here um, where everyone's safe. Same thing with cursing. Like if, if you like go around, if you're like that, like overly like protective parent, that's like, you're going to hell if you curse. It's like, well, yeah, you're probably going to end up with some pretty fucking weird kids who are then going to like, as like, like thing. Um, when it's just like, Hey, if you just like watch the game, like a regular human being and like, don't make a big deal out of Will Manny saying, let's fucking go. No, no one, no one's going to die. I mean, it's not even like he said anything that terrible, you know, he's just trying to pump the boys up. You know, he's not like, he <laughs> yeah. didn't say like, I fucking love ISIS or like, you know, hitting people with your car is fucking sick. Like he didn't say anything like that. He's just like, let's have a good time, you know, and in, in a more colorful way. Yeah. I, yeah. At least I, I didn't catch any. Um, I mean, he any- might have on the field, like, but, but I mean, we didn't catch it. He was mic'd up and they didn't say anything. So like, you know, maybe, that, that, he, maybe I, he knew where that mute button was. Perhaps, perhaps he did. Um, real quick, so we have like, I I feel like overall I would grade the the first weekend uh, in PLL history a a big time success. There is one aspect of of the weekend that I will, uh, you know, kind of kind of bend to to the the haters and the doubters a little bit. Um, the the attendance at Gillette wasn't spectacular. So, but like the thing is, couple things. One, Gillette, Gillette Stadium. Let, let's talk about Gillette real quick because I don't know how many of you guys have been to Gillette before, but it is a goddamn pain in the ass to get to. Like the people, people just assume like, oh yeah, that's where the Patriots play. It's Boston. It's like no, like you're, like you, you have to take. I, I would basically take a plane from Boston to Foxborough, Massachusetts to, to get to Gillette. Uh, so getting to Gillette in general, there's no easy way to get there. It's, you basically just have to drive from wherever, um, you know, you can't like, if you take a train into Boston, you then need to figure out a way to make like the 45 minute trip from Boston to Foxborough. Um, and then another thing is just that, like, again, I, I feel like people forget that this was the first weekend of, in the season's history. So like, obviously like you would think like, Oh, well, you know, there should have been like the hype around this. Like it should have been, uh, you know, way more packed because there's, there's so much hype and, and this and that going like, Hey, may- maybe like go back in history and find me a picture of like the first ever NFL game and tell me how many people were there. Uh, so like, I, I feel like what the PLL did this weekend is they put together a great 
on-field product, they put together a great broadcast, and those two things together will then draw people to the events, which will then bring an audience. Like you don't want to start off with a great audience, but a, like a shit on-field product and a shit broadcast, because then you just that audience starts to dwindle. So like you can build up the attendance, um, you know, and I think it'll end up looking a lot better too once they go to like MLS stadiums. Um, but yeah, so a, a, a few factors there that just didn't bode well for attendance, but I, I think none of it is like, oh man, the PLL's never, it's never going to last. Like this thing's only going to exist for like a couple months. Like, did you see how many people were at Gillette? Like there was no one there. It's, it's like, no, you fucking idiot. Like it's, it's, it was week one. It's going to build, shut your mouth. Uh, you know, and, and that's great for me. Like as you know, a, a guy who literally has no fucking idea where Foxborough, Massachusetts is or Gillette stadium. I just assume that everything is New York city. So like, or some has some proximity to New York city. Like that's, that's what I believe to be complete fact. Um, you know, so to me, like everything's in New York city. So I was like, Oh, it's probably just like downtown or whatever. No, it's out in the middle of nowhere apparently. So that's, that's fair. Um, dude, Foxborough is like there, there's like a, a Dunkin' Donuts, there might be like a TGI Fridays and then oh, maybe like a CVS. So like a CVS, Dunkin' Donuts, TGI Fridays. Those are like the three like pillars of that town. Um, and then you get to Gillette Stadium and it's like like a whole like complex. It's it's the stadium. And then surrounding the stadium is like a strip mall. So like it seems it seems very on brand for Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the strip mall is like kind of there's some like good good ish things there i guess but it's like hey man that that's like a tough uh, i guess you know the patriots make it work because they they win six super bowls um but if they didn't win six super bowls like i feel like that would be a damn near impossible place to ask people to go to Oh, for sure. And I think that, you know, you're, you're right. I think that the accessibility will um, will change when the cities change. But at the same time, like, you know, I felt like a lot of people, were, you know, and of course, we'd have to that's proprietary information. We don't exactly know how many people were, were in on, you know, NBC Sports Gold. But like, um, I mean, it was it was great for me. I, you know, it took me two clicks to get on. Um, it wasn't some like insane process with you know, uh, having to sign in three times and all of this shit. So it was very, very clear. The broadcast was great. Um, you know, and people want to say like, Oh, the PLL never lasts. Well, you know, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about this, but the MLL game down here this weekend, uh, I saw some, some of my, some of my boys, uh, posting their Instagram stories from Grady stadium where they play now. They don't play at Kennesaw anymore. Uh, thin crowd. Okay. Let me just, let me just say it was hot. I understand that, but thin crowd. We'll, we'll just say that as well. So, I mean, there's not, and of course you can watch those on whatever network that they play, you know, you can watch those games on whatever network they, they play on too. So perhaps it's the heat that's keeping people out. I don't know how hot it was at, at Gillette stadium. I just assume that everything is, you know, mildly cooler up there. I really don't have no idea. So, you know, I, I mean, I have a weather channel app. I just don't use it, but um, perhaps the heat kept people inside. That's my, that's my expert analysis. Uh, yeah. In, in attendance <laughs> Gillette stadium, New York city's finest. <laughs> yes. I mean, they got all the football stadiums. I just figured that everybody's in New York city. Like that, uh, that's how it is to me. Uh, but like I said, I, I think, I think it, so if, if you were to take like 
so three different things, right? So attendance, on-field product, broadcast. I would rank attendance last out of all three of those things in terms of importance. So the fact that they they crushed the first two, I feel like the attendance will just then keep growing. Um, so again, a- anyone who's out there being like, oh, like there was like no one in the stands. It's like, buddy, it's it again, like look back in history, find me the the first game of the MLB. How many people were there? You know, granted it was like hundred years ago, but still, um, you know, these things take time to like, obviously the, the hype was there around the league. And I think that that, uh, kind of goes into what you were talking about where you, you know, you noticed a lot of people watching these games, a lot of people tuning into NBC sports gold, um, which, you know, isn't necessarily an easy thing to do to like get all these people to buy a subscription to a league that is playing in their first game. Um, so I, I, I thought that, you know, getting all those things down right will then just drive in attend. Like once people are like, "Oh yeah, like this is like this is for real. Like this is the best lacrosse that you'll be able to watch." Like I, if it comes to my town, I want to be there in person. I totally agree. I mean, after after this weekend, like, I mean, how, how could you argue? I don't, I don't think you could argue that the content that we that we experienced this weekend is anything less than. Um, you know, the best lacrosse that, that is out there to offer. So yeah. another thing that I thought, uh, you know, so that people were going to be a little bit worried about with this league is like, just the fact like, so there, you know, none of these teams have like a, so you can't like just fabricate any like geographical rivalries. Like you're not going to have like a New York team that hates the Boston team just because they're New York and Boston. Uh, you're not going to have, who who does Atlanta hate? Like New Orleans? Do, do you guys? Yeah, they're, they're, Atlanta's really big against New Orleans. Pretty much anybody uh, anybody who beats them, which is everybody. But uh, specifically, I would say the Saints and the Panthers. Okay, but so but like you're not going to have that like geographical like like hey no. we hate we hate these guys because we're from different cities. So I feel like people were going to be like a little bit worried about okay, well then how do we get like rivalries going in this game because like I I feel like rivalries are pretty key to like any league. Um, you know, MJ versus LeBron. Biggest rivalry there ever was. Those guys hate each other. That's they true. Despise. They they're just they 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 can't stand each other. They're never about it. Yeah, they despise going up against each other. Um, but what we saw this weekend was Things were getting chippy already. So, you know, I, I look at a guy like like Connor Farrell, face-off specialist for the Chrome out of LIU Post, uh, coming in hot in game one, looking like Thor, laying the fucking body. I forget who he ran over, but it was one of the biggest hits uh, that I've seen in lacrosse in, in quite some time. Uh, you know, then things yesterday in that Atlas Redwoods game, things were getting real chippy there. Uh, you know, I saw Kieran McCardle go with a, a face mask grab and tug. Uh, you know, I saw uh, Kevin Understein going, you know, s- swinging, swinging a few, you know, may- maybe just a few open hand slaps and punches. You don't want need to get anyone in. Um, things are already getting chippy and it's just week one. Like that's only going to continue as this summer gets going because all these guys are super competitive. Um, you know, all these guys want to win and all these guys like, are you know they're probably they're all super nice off the field but once you get them on the field i feel like a lot of these guys have tendencies to be like little fucking pricks um so those rivalries are going to start 
building up. And I, I feel like it's only going to be a matter of weeks before everybody hates everybody, which is, you know, going to be great. And I think that that's also the fact that they're all traveling together. All the, like they're going to be around each other all the time. Like it's, it's different from like, you know, Philly, Pittsburgh, you know, for, for hockey. I know you're not, but then guess what? Crosby goes away to Pittsburgh and Giroux doesn't have to see him for like another couple months before they play again here. It's like, you know, it could be Atlas Redwoods. You may not play them again for another few weeks, but the next week you're still right there at the same stadium together. So you're like, Oh, that fucking guy. Like, I can't believe that fucking prick slashed me in the elbow the other day. Um, you know, so like, I, I feel like that rivalry, just that, like, I hate that guy is, is going to build pretty quickly here. And I feel like that's what, um, that's what they've been building. You know, that's what, that's what Rabel and the boys built was they, they, you know, they kind of plucked players out who they felt really have a, a, a really, um, big competitive spirit. So when you get all these guys who have a, have a very intense competitive spirit, I mean, uh, Joey Walters, he's got to have the most competitive spirit to still be playing. Like, come on now. Um, but like two guys I, I know, like absolutely, uh, um, Callum Robinson, and Sergio Salcido, two of the most competitive guys. Callum Robinson, um, I, I was following him on Instagram a little bit. He went down, to, he went back to uh, Australia to train all summer for the for the PLL. So he came back a little lighter, different diet. Like that's super competitive, you know, just to play in the in the PLL. And I know Sergio Sergio Salcido. I mean, he was in those scraps. He was right in the middle of it. Uh, he, he's a um, he's he plays hard. Um, but that but I think that's what what the whole point was to get the most competitive. But the best, most competitive guys in the game, put them all in the same field and just show everybody what uh, what can happen. And I, I, feel, I feel like they accomplished that, you know, with flying colors. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what you want to see. Like, you don't want to see guys out there basically treating this like a like a glorified men's league game, right? Like you're you're out there for, you know, summer ball, men's league. And, you know, sure, like you might get a little you know, there might be some like pushing and shoving eventually just because like no one likes to get whacked with the stick. Um, but by the end of the game, it's just like, yeah, you know, I just got done playing that game. It's like, whatever, like it doesn't really mean anything to me right now. Um, having all those competitive freaks in this league that truly care about it. Like it's, there's, there's going to be a big difference, uh, compared to what we're used to seeing out of professional lacrosse. And, you know, again, and I feel like, like that's, that's where a lot of the hype in this league is, is going to keep like, like, I, I don't, I don't feel like the hype is going to drop off. Um, you know, obviously it, it's going to be like a, you know, a big hype leading into week one, maybe week two is like a little bit less, but it's no, like as, as these guys keep building those rivalries and as we keep seeing like ridiculously nasty goals, like that one from Marcus Holman, where oh, he was God. able to wrap it around his oh, defender's back, also wrap it around the goalie, like minimal angle. That thing was, that was, that was stupid. It was, it was, that silly. was dumb. <laughs> it was silly. But you know, when we see incredible highlights like that, mixed with you know a bunch of pushing and shoving with you know with those rivalries being built uh and then a great broadcast to go on top of it i feel like all the ingredients are there to keep the hype going i mean there and 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 the other thing is i was i'm going to tell myself a little bit here i was concerned about the pll 
on their social media, they were promoting it in such like a, I don't know how to say this. Um, it was very vanilla. Their content was very vanilla. And I feel like it's because they didn't have a lot of action to go with. And once they got the action from the games, oh, it's literally all I've seen and I've loved it. But like, yeah, you, I mean, you can go, they did that little thing. They did that little, little thing about talking about, um, oh, who was it? It was like Island Bread. Um, you know, talking about the guys who had come oh, off right. of Long yeah, Island, yeah, yeah. and yep. and it felt and to me that felt very um, and they stopped it. They they did it for a little bit and they stopped it. It felt very. Uh, it, it wasn't very inclusive because there are there are other hotbeds developing and things like that. And it's like lacrosse. Yes, it's it's huge. I, I mean, it's huge on Long Island. You know, very deep root. The sport is very deeply rooted there. But that's not the only place where people are coming from nowadays. And I felt like that was. That was not the angle that they were going for, so they they stepped off of that a little bit. You know, they got they got some guys out there clowning, you know, and I and some interviews and stuff like that, and I really like that. You know, we got to, got to see some great clips out of training camp, like you know, Miles Jones. Just also the clip of Miles Jones. Um, people forget that, uh, or they didn't realize that he's laying out Romar Dennis, and Romar Dennis is 6'5", 220, and Miles Jones absolutely ragdolled him. So. Like that, just put that in perspective there. I need everybody to understand that. Like, but the fact that they got that on tape, you know, and they, and they hyped it up really well. And then we got just pure action through the weekend. Like that's, you know, I, I was concerned about that, but like it's, we're, we're, we're gelling right now. If you, if you, if you really want to go that route. Yeah. So I, I just, I just feel like I feel again, like the only, the only downside to the weekend would, would just be attendance. And that's, that's something, and that's something that can only go up, really. Um, you know, and I feel like you know the more people are, are tuning in on on the broadcast, the more that people are are following along on social. Um, they have all of all the highlights to draw you in, and then it, it just comes down to like getting people out there. But but like even still, like I don't know, I I, I feel like there's there's probably just like less of an emphasis on like instant, like obviously these guys, they're super competitive. So they want to play in front of the most amount of people as they can. Um, but also I, I feel like getting on NBC sports is like that. Hey, like, you know, you could put like 50,000 people in Gillette stadium. Um, but let's focus on getting out to like 85 million people on NBC sports. So I, I think that they're doing all the right things. Uh, I, I don't think that you could categorize that past weekend as anything else besides a, a major success. Um, so then, you know, we, we just see where, where it goes from there. I mean, if you think anything about the weekend was, was terrible, you're, you're a giant square or a nerd or just a big hater. You know, there's a time to be a hater. And after that weekend of lacrosse, you know, there's, it's not your time, dude. Yeah. I. Trying to think about if if there's like anything else that really stood out to me this weekend. Um, uh, I got one. I got one thing. Um, Ryan Conrad deliberately, uh, absolutely just ignoring our disdain for the black cleats. Which, on one hand, I have to respect. He does his own thing. He's picked. He's picked a thing, right? You know, jo Joey Walters had the had the tape. You know, the cross, the cross. You know, all, all the way up the stick tape for a while. Like the, uh, that's. Seems very heavy, like whatever, but that's that's his thing. Now Ryan Conrad has chosen to absolutely um, just disrespect the swagger gods of uh, of you know, the swagger titans of the sport by crushing land sharks uh, every game. 
that's fine, dude. We get it. Like you're, you're your own person. You're fine. Like if, if you want to stand out in the crowd, we got you. Like, you, you know, we, we get it. You know, you're already like a handsome man. So you're already going to stand out. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not, you know, maybe if you were ugly, it would be like even worse, but like <laughs> you're handsome. So like, just give it up. Like yeah, you, don't have, that, you, don't have, you don't have to peacock anymore, man. Definite man rocket. Uh, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like if you just won a national championship, whilst wearing black cleats white socks you just it's it's like a you don't fix what ain't broke type of situation um something similar like i saw someone point out that uh clark peterson or i don't even know is it Patterson? I, you know what? we we've gone back and forth this on this we're just gonna, we have to we have to pick one i'm so just going with i'm just going with peterson uh right. but so clark peterson you know someone had pointed out that he was still using his uh you know his custom uh, dyed head from Cornell. Like it still had the, you know, the big red C on there. And someone was like, Hey, like, you know, someone's got to get this kid a, a new head. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't know about that, man, because you know, he had 44 goals this past season at Cornell. And then he scored what, like twice for the Redwoods yet. So like, mm-hmm. you know, guys, you know, especially guys, goal scorers like that, you know, he's not, he's not a defenseman who couldn't give less of a shit about what he's using. No disrespect to the defense, but you guys don't know. S- you guys aren't quite as in tune. Uh, but Clark Peterson, he's like, hey, I need 44 tucks this year, and I'm going to score another two here in my first PLL game. I'm going to keep this head until it breaks because there are still a lot of goals left in it. So I guess Ryan Conrad probably doing the same thing. He's like, I just won a national championship wearing black cleats, white socks. You know, if it, might as well just, just keep that one riding and see where it goes. I mean, that's fair. Uh, you know, we also might run into the situation where Clark Peterson, um, there's a lot of guys who make it that far in the game and they don't ever string their own stick. So he may not be able to get in touch with this guy. You know, uh, that happens a lot. Um, I've seen some very, uh, very awfully strong sticks in the NCAA. So like, you know, he, he may not have been able to get in touch with this guy or maybe, he did, you know, because, you know, they people are very particular about, um about who strings their sticks. So like, you know, they, they have one guy who's always done it, maybe a childhood friend guy on a different team, something like that. So he may not have want to, you know, he may have not been able to get in contact with this guy. Maybe this guy was out there crushing Labatt blue, you know, in Ontario or something, just out there ripping darts, uh, whatever, 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 throwing some hay around, whatever they do in, in fucking Canada. Just some, just some crown and maple syrup. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much again. Like I, I thought that, um, you know, I thought it was a, a great weekend. I thought that there was, you know, the buzz at least online for the sport was was definitely there. Uh, people were talking about it. They brought on some some solid guests for that broadcast. Um, you know, people were like, why why would they go to Gillette for week one? You know, they knew that that was going to be tough to sell out. Well, the reason why you go to Gillette for week one is because you can bring on guys like Bill Belichick on the broadcast and it's, you know, then have him just like gushing over the sport of lacrosse. So that's, you know, all of that stuff is, is good for the game, uh, you know, which is good for the brand, which is good for everyone. So I, again, I, I didn't have any complaints about this, this past weekend. I thought that, um, you know, again, maybe. It was the first time through for the broadcast. So, you know, they're going to start tweaking some things. They're going to start understanding, you know, what things actually work. They're going to understand which things that, you know, maybe they just sprinkle in there instead of using all the time. Uh, and, and it should be great. So, you know, week two coming up, Red Bull Stadium. 
Newark, New Jersey. Uh, so I will be, uh, I'll, I'll be making it out to that one. So we'll, we'll see how, uh, you know, how things go on the field to get, get some, get some, uh, you know, firsthand look at that. And then, you know, we'll see how that one lives up to the broadcast because right now the broadcast is fucking fire. So if like, if, if I had any choice on how to watch a lacrosse game, like the broadcast right now is like, that's, that's, that's money. You'll have to see if you can get some uh, some credentials and be on the field. You know, be a credentialed medium, a, a credentialed member of the media. Um, I think that would be only fitting. Um, I'm sure you. I'm sure you know a guy who knows a guy. Well, maybe uh, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you know. I'm I'm kind of a shorter guy myself. Uh, and and Joey Sankey, who had a couple tucks for Redwoods yesterday, he's also a short guy. So like maybe you know I can like have him on my shoulders, and then we can wear like a, a large trench coat. Trench coat, then, yeah. And then just like walk in together, sneak on in, and bingo, bango, there we are. I mean, you could, you could, uh, you could even play it a different way and just get a really big jersey, and both of you just get into the jersey, and just kind of four legs walk onto the field. It's like, oh, those guys are messing yeah. around. They're they're we'll, weirdos. We'll we'll wear Miles Jones's jersey because we'll, we'll <laughs> yes. both fit into that one um, for sure. Roke, that that was just a quick little plug. We got Joey Sankey coming up later this week on our week two preview episode. So make sure to tune into that one on that'll be out Friday morning. Um, but yeah, so that's week one of the premier lacrosse league season. Uh, so far undefeated teams. We've got the archers with that 13, 12 win in overtime. Uh, then we've got the whip snakes with that 15 to 14 win over chaos and then redwoods taking down the atlas on that sunday matinee matchup so um you know we'll, we'll see who keeps this one rolling for week two but right now we are going to kick it over to our interview with will manny as he discusses dropping the first ot dagger in pll history big time win for archers lc there to get this league rolling so yeah here he is will manny And with us right now, we have from Archers LC, he delivered the first overtime dagger in PLL history. We've got Will Manny on the mic. Will, congrats on the dub and how you feeling right now? Yeah, well, first off, thank you guys for having me. This is It's been a crazy 48 hours um, coming from Boston back to New York now for the week. And um, it, it was an unbelievable experience going back to, to the Massachusetts area. Obviously I graduated from UMass and I played in Boston for a couple of years professionally and, um, getting the first win ever in PLL history with my teammates and, um, doing it with my friends, family and everybody there. It was an awesome experience and, uh, already looking forward to week two. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what the, the one thing that I loved specifically about your, your overtime dagger Nice little sidearm release, left hand, top corner. I was I was going to be pretty disappointed if the first overtime goal in PLL history was a bouncer, uh, but <laughs> but you you didn't disappoint. So I mean that's that's what the boys love to see. Yeah, it, it was, it's actually funny. I earlier in the fourth quarter, I actually just finished up watching our game too, and it was in my head after it happened anyway. But in the fourth quarter, I had a 
a nice backdoor cut from Scott Ratliff um, where he threw a great feed. And I went kind of sidearm low uh, on Galloway and he kicked his feet out and I hit him in the foot. And I was like, I, I never shoot that ball low. And I said, if I get another shot at this, I'm banging this thing low to high. And um, Marcus said the same thing when we were on the field. He goes, somebody shoot the ball low to high. Galloway's dipping. Uh, and we finally got that last chance. And, and uh, I'm glad that one went in. It felt felt awesome. Yeah. Uh, so you said that you, uh, so you just finished up watching the broadcast. So, uh, you know, earlier in this episode, Jake and I, we were talking about, you know, I th we think, you know, what NBC has been doing with the, bro it's only been one week, uh, but it's already been some of the best lacrosse broadcasts that, that we've ever seen. Um, so one, what, what were your thoughts on the broadcast overall? And then, uh, two, so you, you said you're, you're staying, uh, you're in New York right now at your parents. Did, yeah. did, did your mom hear you say, say a few cuss words on, <laughs> on national television? Yeah, we'll start with, we'll start with the, the NBC stuff to begin with. I, I Brendan Burke, um, Paul and, um, Ryan Boyle are just did a tremendous job. I mean, Brendan being a hockey guy with the Islanders and, going from hockey to lacrosse, that's a little bit slower for him play by play and color. Um, so he, he's done a great job. And I think he's put in a lot of time and effort to understanding who guys are and what they like to do and their backgrounds. And then you got RB Ryan Boyle, who's just the, the King King analyst who, who knows everything that's going on and can see plays happen before they do. And, um, and I've, I've had a great relationship with Ryan over the past six, seven years. Cause I got to play with him in, earlier in my professional career. Uh, and I texted him throughout the weekend, said he's doing a great job. And then Paul on the sideline, I, I think he did a great job of asking the right questions, quick to the point, uh, and didn't really disrupt the, the flow of the games, which uh, I think a couple of us were worried about. I got told <laughs> five minutes before warm-ups that I, had a, I was going to have a mic in my helmet. Um, but in, in the end, I thought it was a really cool opportunity to, to one, be the first person to have that for the first game. And then I, I saw your tweet after the game, Jordy, with, um, I scored a goal from Ryan Ambler on a little bit of a slip on the crease. And um, right after that, Ryan asked me how that, how that goal happened. It looked like you were covered and just, I know it, it was me personally, but listening to the broadcast, it was like, if you're a, ki a younger kid watching this and you can hear what Will Maddie's thinking or seeing on the field and how that happened and, and thanking his teammate right away. That is one of the coolest things. And that doesn't happen in any other sport. Um, so I, I just thought it's been a, a great opportunity and growth for the game that I think everyone's going to fall in love with. Um, but to, to, to your last question, yeah, there were, there were a couple of slips in there, but I, I was talking to uh, um, Ratliff about this earlier. And that's just, if you had mic'd up, people in the NFL and basketball in huddles, every single huddle, you'll, you'll hear those left and right. That's just the, the energy and the enthusiasm that everyone brings to the sport. Um, and, and I'm sure some people will dial it back and maybe we could figure something out. But in, in the end, man, that's just, that's just the, who the game is. And everyone's so excited to be a part of this damn thing that um, I honestly, I, <laughs> I, it's not that I don't care, but it's just who I am. And I, I was just pumped up to be there. Yeah, you know, Ryan Boyle really has that. Um, and he he's done a bunch of stuff down here with with Trilogy. Uh, super cool guy. He's really got that Tony Romo uh, type style commentating where he can see something developing before, you know, any of us normal people do. Uh, so he's, he's a really cool guy. You know, um, how did you feel 
And of course, you know, the PLL, they did such a great job of kind of waiting to the last minute to tell everybody about the face-off rules and the rules and the, you know, the size of the field and dimensions. How'd you feel about the pace of the play with the slightly shorter field, slightly shorter shot clock? How'd you feel about all that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And the first thing that comes to mind was we really got to experience those rules and the field and, and the shot clock. Uh, at training camp at IMG on the fifth day. So we were down there for five days and we had two a days for three of those days. So at the end, when we scrimmaged Atlas, we, everybody at camp was a little, a little tired and beat up. And um, at first I was like, God, this is going to be really fast and, 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 and be pretty brutal. Uh, those extra eight seconds that we used to have in a 60 second shot clock will go a long way, but um, now it's 52. And I think, when everyone had a week and a half to kind of recover and, and feel good about themselves and only have one practice with your team. And then you're playing in a, a real game. Um, I think our energy and our effort was awesome. Um, you could definitely see the 10 yard difference that's taken out of the middle of the field. Um, because as soon as a guy crosses the midfield line, I'm thinking of a guy like Scott Ratliff. Um, if he crosses the midfield line as a pole, he, he's, he's a threat right away. Um, and Kyle Hartzell in our scrimmage at training camp, he dropped a two bomb on us from like 22 yards out. Cause you don't realize how close that is now with uh, 10 yards gone. So it will take a little bit of adjusting. Um, but I, I think it was an awesome experience and, and I think every team is only going to get better, um, week in and week out. Yeah. So real, real quick talking about nasty shots. So like Hartzell dropping a, a nice little 20 plus yard two bomb. Uh, let's talk about, so you're playing right now, the archers and you get to be with your boys, Marcus Holman and Adam Gettleman. So, yep. you know, that that's, that's the youths coaching squad right there. Um, so Marcus had one of the nastier goals, uh, on the weekend. Uh, I think everyone on social media was like blown away by that goal, especially the, the angle, the replay angle that they were able to get that like shows that like perfectly wrap around the defenders back. Yep. Is that a shot that like you guys after practice will go or is like, is that something that you've seen him break out before? Or is that just a holy shit, Marcus, you sick son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's it, it was actually kind of crazy because watching that in person on the field, it was kind of a scrambled scenario that, that, that whole possession was kind of a shit show in a way we were just taking shots and there was a loose ball, a, a rebound goes off Marcus's stick and then he wins a one-on-one 50, 50 ground ball in the corner, which we knew he was going to come out with because he's just a, a beast on those. And then um, it was, it was counting down in the shot clock and I could see that he was trying to inside roll, but he kind of lost his step. And I think when um, I think it was Sabia, the rookie out of Penn state was covering him. He brought his stick behind him and Marcus just, <laughs> He's just a goal scorer, man. That guy just knows how to shoot the lacrosse ball in so many different ways, and, and he does it with authority. Um, that was a little bit more of some slickness out of that kid. Um, when he shoots the ball, he always likes to say two cheeks because he's usually shooting a step down at, at almost 100 miles per hour. But um, that that was very savvy. And, and I, I mean, when, when you're just messing around shooting a lacrosse ball and, and tossing around with your buddies, um, I I, I guarantee he's taken a shot like that, but I don't think he's been doing that with pressure on him. So um, it's just credit to him for just being a great lacrosse player and, and, and a hard worker because it all started with the ground ball. He wouldn't have been able to take that shot if he didn't pick up that ground ball and get us an extra possession. So uh, love you, Juan. There, that was, and, and that was when, the coach. When you listen to this, you, you're, you're still, <laughs> you're still uh, 
I don't know. I, I think that's kind of my area of the field where he shot that from a little savvy, <laughs> low angle, but he, he's the step down guy. But again, just being able to play with him uh, on the same field now as a teammate is just a dream come true. All starts with the ground ball. That's that's coach Will Manny. <laughs> uh, real quick. So obviously this was, you know, a, a new experience for all however, 150 plus guys that were playing this weekend. Um, so, you know, I guess no one really knew like what to expect out of this weekend. So everyone's kind of in the same boat. Uh, but just like, what was this weekend? Like, like, were, were there any like serious differences that stood out to you for this opening weekend compared to any other opening weekend in your lacrosse playing career? Uh, that's a, it's a great question. I, I the one, one thing that you, you think about, is right we're we're brand new teams we're lacrosse clubs we're not based out of a city so when you're playing a game or after my game is over the next two throughout the weekend your friends and family that are there for you are rooting for the archers and they have their the, the archers gear and swag on but a lot of other people there are just there because they're lacrosse fans they don't they don't have a team to root for yet you know and they're just there to enjoy it so every single goal that was scored in the, in the second half of our game, the crowd was getting louder and louder. And, and I mean, you look at the first two games, they're overtime games and what a show it was for, for those fans that were able to show up and watch on television. Um, so that, that'd be one minor piece would just be like, you, there's no real fan base rooting for each specific team yet. Um, but other than that, I, I just, I'm going back to the, the broadcast and just how many different camera angles and the sky cam, how cool that stuff is to see. And me personally, as a player and coach rewatching our game just now, like I said earlier, I, I love watching that angle from a sky cam. I think that's so cool to see from above who's doing what a couple seconds earlier and, and how things open up. It, it's such a better clarity for, for so many people. So they did a great job there. And I just think the access to the players is, is unlike any other. That was one of the things that um, some some people had expressed to me, you know, because I'm, I just hopped on this podcast with Jordy. I'm not a, a journalist or anything like that, you know, big time sports media guy. They expressed to me, you know, oh, how'd you feel about the PLL? Some people were kind of shaken up by the by the camera angles going back and forth, but you know, Jordy made a great point. He made a, you know, the same point that you did that you know, uh, being able to see the entire play and how it developed in the different camera angles was awesome. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna move off the PLL a little bit because you know, club lacrosse is like. Uh, you know, that's that's where, you know, I'm, I'm a club lacrosse guy. Um, you know, you you took this this Utah program, um, formerly a club program and, and took them all, you know, to D1 and to a to a to a serious not the club is not serious, but, you know, to, <laughs> it was to a serious playing field. You know, um, how has that been, you know, taking a, a taking a program, you know, kind of earning a reputation, like scheduling some big time games? You know, uh, how, how has that been? How have the guys bought in? You know, your roster's kind of all over the place. You know, you got some Atlanta guys, got some Canadian guys, got some transfers. You know, so what has that experience been like, especially working with your boys, you know, Marcus and, and Adam? Yeah, it's a, that's a great question. And uh, it's been a dream come true, honestly. When, when we first took the job out there with, with coach, head coach Brian Holm and Marcus's dad, um, it wasn't 100% going to happen yet to the whole Division One shift. So when we first got there, we all met as a staff and, it was pretty easy to get along because we've known coach Brian for five, six years doing camps and clinics with them. And, and obviously us three are, are the best of friends already. And 
we kind of said, let's just, let's just enjoy this, this ride and see where it takes us. If, if we are successful and we do what we're supposed to do in the community and um, build the sport of lacrosse, good things will happen to us. And starting with club lacrosse for two years, I mean, I, I can remember the first two weeks of the team that we were handed to us when we first got, got there. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I could do this thing for this long, man. This is, this is kind of crazy. And um, we just made the best of it. And, and, the way you look at it is I don't know exactly what the stats and the numbers were, but I don't think that the Utah club team had won more than maybe five or six games in years. And the first year we're there, we went 11. And then the second year there, we went 15 and we lose in the quarterfinals of the MCLA tournament. Um, and there's some good freaking teams in that league, man. There's some good lacrosse players yeah. that a lot of people don't know about that just don't want to put the time and effort into playing division one is from what I gather. Um, and I totally respect that. It's a, it's a different game and, um, being able to travel and go to university of Texas at Austin, UCLA, Stanford, all these schools I've never seen before that we're hoping now can go division one over the next couple of years, right. Or however many years it may be. Um, it's just been an unbelievable experience and I'm so happy to add that to my resume of coaching. Um, especially with the, like you said, with the group of guys that I'm surrounded by every day that make me better. So it's been an awesome experience. Yeah, I always think as soon as more Pac-12 schools start getting Division One programs, the entire landscape, because like, Oregon, oh my God, dude. dude, dude, imagine, imagine just being a coach and like having a kid out there for a recruiting trip, and it's like, yeah, buddy, like here's the paper on your way out of here. I know that you're gonna sign. Like you're yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, and we're, and to tell you guys, and to be honest with you guys, it's that's happening with us right now, just as the only men's PAC 12 school. I mean, the facilities that we have, our lacrosse facility is going to be start being built really soon, be ready for next year. Um, and I, what I like to tell my friends, family and, and people, and even recruits parents who ask the, our closing rate, right. If you actually calculated it in, in recruiting for us, kids that we want and they come visit, um, I mean, it's got to be close to 90% uh, for, for us of those kids that we really want and they come and visit and they fall in love with it that we end up getting. Um, so it's getting better and better and the recruiting stuff starts now for, for us this summer. So it's, it's I'm looking forward to it. Starting off the whole summer with the win with the Archers has been awesome. Yeah. So uh, real, my, my last question, I want to close mine out at least with uh, probably like the most important question. So I want to know how lucky do you feel to be playing for the archers where you guys already have a built-in celly. Uh, so you guys can just break out the bow and arrow every time you guys score. So I, I saw you guys go with that quite a few times, especially you and Marcus. Um, so how nice is that? Cause it just, it fits so perfectly and like, it's already a great celly to begin with, but then when you combine it with the fact that the archers, like it just makes sense. So, um, you know, how, how's that just, it, it's gotta be like a little added bonus every time you pop one in the back of the net. Yeah. It's, that's actually a hilarious question because I, I can remember when, when we first got the team names and, and whatnot, we were, we were going out and shooting me, Adam and Marcus out on the field in Utah and, and Kiwi, um, who, who's one of the, the video producing guys that went viral and he lives out there and for, for, uh, in Utah now working at BYU, he came and did a little, a little shoot for us for STX. And he was like, he told us at the end, let's, let's take a shot and then maybe do like the archer celebration um, with, with the bow and arrow. And I shot the ball and I went to go do it. And I completely like blacked out on how to do it. So <laughs> I kind of, I kind of had to practice a couple of times before they did it. And 
And honestly, when I scored that goal um, the other day, I I knew, I normally just do like a little fist pump and 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 just kind of jump up and down. But I, again, I've kind of blacked out and I don't even really know what I was doing. And I did it, and I kind of just I from what I saw and from the texts I received, I crushed it. So I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped up about it. Um, and like you said, to have that kind of celebration added to to our archers club and and then there's that emoji that everyone's been using i think it's actually pretty awesome for 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 everybody in the business jordy stole my question yeah he absolutely like i've been thinking about that one for like 15 minutes like oh fuck, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna unload this question on him uh dude if if i could if i could i guess um close it out with a question is the okay how did they come up with the with the color of the ball other than it being the pll kind of same like it's not really the same yellow but it's a neonish yellow, I guess. You can't really tell from the, from the TV perspective, but you know every picture they take, it almost looks like a girl's ball, but not quite. Yeah. Um, to answer that, I, I honestly don't know how they came up with it. I, I thought the ball was going to be more like of a tennis ball, like neon mm -hmm. green kind of color from what I heard. Um, but when we got to training camp, there was over a thousand balls there that were yellow. So we kind of assume, <laughs> we kind of assumed they're going to be yellow and, honestly the, the balls could be purple or pink for all we care i think what they're trying to do is just create a better visual experience for someone who's watching it in the stands or who's That's watching what I it on television and i mean over the past couple of years right an orange ball is everyone always liked the orange balls in professional lacrosse with the grip and whatnot but they were pretty hard to see if you're playing in a game whether it's daytime or at night with the lights on so I think you can see the ball a little bit better already. So any way we can make this game better and, and more enjoyable for, for the fans, it's I think anybody who suits up on Saturdays for the PLL will, will do whatever it takes because we're just there because we love the game and we want to continue to grow it. Lots of science going to that game. Dang nerds, you know, behind <laughs> the PLL, making it, making it everything nice for everybody. Bunch of smart guys over there. Uh, that's what I've heard. Well, hey, Marcus, we appreciate you coming on here. Congrats. Marcus. Yeah. You got to edit that one out. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. Wow. Yeah. Freudian, is that a Freudian slip? Uh, that's hilarious. Actually, don't don't edit that one out. I'm still okay. I'm I'm still thinking I'm still thinking about that goal. I'm still thinking about that goal. It, it was it's it's absurd how I don't it's like you can't even describe what it was, but I, if you watch it, right? I mean, you guys are lacrosse guys, you could see yep. he tries to draw that contact. And he tries to inside roll and he's going to go dive, but he like loses his step and he just said, screw it. I'm just going to try to get a shot off. And I mean, those shots have been attempted before and it usually either gets deflected or somebody goes low to low and they get stuck, but he brought it up top and Galloway just went low. So it made it even look better. And right, from we'll a defensive, well, well, hold on a second. And the other thing is from a defensive perspective too, Sabia, you know, you have your choice. You can keep your stick all the way upfield the whole time and then force him to get an inside roll. And you know, Marcus, Marcus is going to cash in on that. So he had to, he had to make a choice to put the stick back and he still stuck it. So yeah. it's okay. It's okay, Jordy, that you're in love with Marcus Holman. And you just, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I'm going to tell him after this, Jordy, I'm going to text him right after we get off of here. <laughs> hey, he's okay. he's 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 a recurring guest on the podcast, friend of the program. So, but but take two here, Will. We really appreciate you coming on here, uh, and you guys can all catch Will Manny and Marcus Holman, both of them playing with the Archers on Saturday, four p.m. That'll be on NBC Sports. 
Uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll see plenty of more bow and arrow sellies out of that one and uh, keep that thing rolling. Yeah. Jake and, and Jordy, thank you guys for having me on. You guys are doing great things and, and, and keeping it cool in the lacrosse world. And uh, yeah, looking forward to week two. And we got the Redwoods who just came off a big win. So, um, and they've got a very, very talented roster as well and a hot goalie going on right now. So um, got to try to get back to get back to work and, and play as a team and, and try to light this rookie goalie up who's really good in Tim Troutner. So looking forward to playing in New York, the home, the home city. Yeah, just keep sticking it high. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh, saucy down, saucy up, do too much, do too much, ain't enough, ain't enough, ain't enough, where you from, where you from, throw it up, going nice, yeah, going down, saucy down, saucy up, do too much, do too much, ain't enough, ain't enough, ain't enough, ain't enough, where you from, where you from, throw it up, going nice, yeah, going down, every day I'm ballin', so you know it's scoring, puffin' so apart, my back is enormous, these niggas keep hating, this is their last warning Met that girl at night, ooh, fuck her through the morning um, No, no, girl, I'm sorry, hang up, girl, don't call me No, no, you will not have me, call the ball up on Mari Cash out, make it rain, no game Atari Ride me like a Harley, only boy in the party I was on the phone, yeah, we'll play with Cardi Come on, that's got some, hearts all on my Cardi